Welcome to Shortcuts of Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for September 17th, 2023, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you today? I'm doing well. Excellent. That's a... <laughs> you don't believe me, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we're... we're, 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 we're uh, before we hit record, you, you've had some technical issues. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, uh, so I'm not entirely sure either of us are ready, but we're doing it, man. We're doing we're, it. We're, yes, we are <laughs> grinding it out, as they I'm hearing so often now on football broadcasts. Uh, it's not just football. It's uh, it, 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 yep. grinding it out, uh, it, uh, um, putting putting your nose to the grindstone, I think, is the... Uh, is the um, just plowing forward and making sure that you get uh, you get done what needs to be done, and you know what? Uh, I feel good with that. You know that analogy. You know, I mean, uh, my nose hurts already. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, exactly, exactly. But uh, since we're recording on a Monday morning, uh, uh, I feel like you know plowing forward is about the only way that I get through most Mondays these days. So yeah, it, it feels right. It feels it feels right. <laughs> but. Uh, so yeah, we're uh, uh, September seventeenth uh, this coming Sunday. Uh, we, we are we are uh, back uh, at uh, regular uh, programming for Sunday schools and uh, sure uh, are a couple of adult forum options at nine a.m. Uh, in between the eight and ten o'clock. So we're just we're we are we're back, man. We're 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 uh, we're we're back to our traditional schedule. Um, uh, so we've got uh, I know that we've got. Uh, uh, one adult forum is a Bible study on the gospel of Matthew. Um, yep. and, uh, the Bible study that you or the, or the, the, the session that you're leading is Episcopal frequently asked questions. Are, are these done in like Google search style? Like, is it like Episcopal church? Why? Like <laughs> <laughs> it can be. Yes. Okay. All right. It's, I like it's it. all, it's, yeah, and I, I've used FAQs enough that yeah I can e- easily think in that mode. Um, but for for any given week, I'll have a few ready and um, ask at the beginning what FAQs people have, and we'll we'll try to do those first, Very and cool. then get get to the others as time allows. I don't know uh, as if you're familiar. There was a a, a video from an online comedy channel uh, uh, many years ago, which was like a, a basically uh, the story was done as though Google, uh, the Google search engine was a guy behind a desk and the people would come <laughs> into his office and ask these disjointed sounding questions. Uh, uh, and it was a, it was a really funny skit uh, uh, with uh, all the, the, the stupid things that people um <laughs> Uh, were asking uh, uh, and I think they did several of them so it was, there, there's there were there were plenty of fun fun options that was an old college humor thing so uh, to promote some other channel or some other medium uh, <laughs> go back well and, uh, I'll 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 go retro on you okay and I'll quote very annoyingly since this is a podcast a visual cartoon from <laughs> okay. Sunday newspaper oh uh, probably 15 years ago or more where there's a picture of a uh, uh, old guy 
in like a locomotive engineer's classic outfit of overalls and a flannel shirt and a pencil behind his ear, but their papers overflowing every one of the pockets of his overalls. Uh-huh. And he's surrounded by file cabinets with papers sticking out and all this chaos. And the the caption of the cartoon is how the internet really works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Um but yeah, so uh uh how did I get on oh yeah, we were talking about uh, uh <laughs> FAQs. FAQs for the Episcopal Church. So yeah, that's a, that, that that's a, uh, some exciting stuff going on. Uh what else do we have uh to promote uh that we're you know that's going on in the church? I mean other than what well, choirs resumed, so yes. people and everyone's um, welcome to give it a try. The rehearsals Thursday night at seven. We have blessing of the animals, where we bring our pets to be blessed, and have the service outside, uh, weather permitting, and that's coming up the first Sunday in October. So it's right around the corner, mm-hmm. um, and I guess I guess those are the biggies. Because we have ministry fair at the church Sunday. We'll, we're probably going to have the displays up again this coming Sunday, just less uh, fancy refreshments. So if you missed this past Sunday, you can um, still see the displays and get the handouts and, and fill out sign-up sheets and stuff. Oh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. We, we definitely did have uh, um, our uh, – we promoted all the different facets uh, that of, of – of either service or participation within the church so uh um uh, are we gonna put that uh, to put you on the spot here uh, are we gonna put that mm-hmm. on uh the website anywhere as far as like uh i know that oh. generally speaking uh different aspects of what was covered have their own place on the website but uh, as right. far as like a like a comp- more comprehensive list yes oh, cool. it's pro- it's probably there now because we finished proofreading it a couple weeks ago got gotcha. the website Good deal. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, it's it's mid month, so we so it's a little early to promote other things, but just to give a little. Oh, load, one load more thing. Before. Well, yeah, sure. Go ahead. We have been working really hard, first behind the scenes, of um, updating the look of the Sunday bulletin, mm. and so whether you worship with Holy Family online or in person, we'd really like feedback on how it looks and functions so this past sunday was the first was its debut mm-hmm. i spotted a couple things i want to change but we really encourage everyone to give feedback on it very good it looks so i think it looks a lot better i i do too i do too i want uh so what i want are um um electronic tablets in every pew uh that, that can <laughs> gain access to it and uh, uh, that way we, we say edit it on the fly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it can be updated as needed and, uh, and, uh, uh, we'll save all the paper costs. So, uh, so, you know, just that small charge of like a, you know, $400, uh, per seat. <laughs> well, there, yeah. The, for that reason, you know, I know in our diocese, there's at least one, and I think there are more. Uh, smaller congregations that that is how they do their Sunday bulletin. You walk into the uh, lobby and there are these big posters with uh, oh, like um, QR codes. Q- QR code, and most people bring their own, but they have some pretty dated iPads and Kindles and things like that. that oh yeah, it wouldn't be new, new, newcomers borrow and they flat or just use if they don't own a uh, 
pad of any kind. And that's the expectation is that everyone will work off the electronic version. Interesting. I, all right. So my personal uh, um, gears are turning a little bit there. I'll set that aside because we're here for a podcast because <laughs> mm. uh, I like that idea. That I, you know, yeah. but I'm, a, I'm a tech guy, so I, I would I would run all the way You'd down be... this rabbit hole just for the fun of it. That's true. Yes, we should refocus. <laughs> so anyways, refocusing, uh, um, uh, we are going to uh, move backwards in time and, and do the... the um, uh, the Wayne's World, um, uh, and uh, we're going to go back in time on September seventeenth. Uh, so this day in church history uh, on September seventeenth, we go all the way back to. Um, it makes me sad that I have to do this, but three thirty-five. Uh, this first entry. Uh, the reason why it makes me sad is it might not be on this day. <laughs> the first thing it says is, oh. or the 13th. I'm like, okay, so, all right, whatever. Uh, but we, see <laughs> the, <laughs> we see the consecration. That's what all the biblical scholars say, whatever. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly on this date, over, almost 2,000 years ago, or or like 2004 day, 2,000 years and four days. Um uh, the consecration of the Church of the Anastasis, or the Church of the Resurrection, commissioned by Emperor Constantine as the reputed site of Christ's resurrection. The church will not be completed for about 50 more years, but uh, uh, the Church of Anastasis uh, uh, is, is consecrated. Uh, so I guess it's kind of, that makes it kind of like the, the uh, breaking of ground ceremony, um, really? Or I don't know if they did a ceremony, but yeah. Yeah, something it, like that. It, it's the beginning of construction, and this is part. This is part of the legalization of Christianity in the um, what's in the remnants of the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Constantine sent his mother to Jerusalem and the surrounding areas to collect information on what are the holy sites for Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so she interviewed the locals and prayed on it. And um, so it was that long ago that most of the locations of current churches um, commemorating events in Jesus's life, uh, that's how the locations were chosen. Interesting. Um, I don't think there are any, I may be wrong on this. I don't think there are any surviving buildings Uh, simply because of earthquakes and things like that right right but um, numerous buildings have been built on top of those locations interesting so like i i find it uh, fascinating like that that that's one of the aspects of the story of uh of of constantine because because of his relative uh um you know he wasn't for for anybody who doesn't know the story about Emperor Constantine, uh, a convert uh, 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 kind of situation, but be, but made very plain uh, in 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 a way this by way of this story, you realize like yeah he while he was converted he doesn't have like a deep rooted knowledge about uh, right the history of anything so uh, the idea that he sends his mother like hey listen I, I've I've had this life changing event I want to do this stuff but I have no idea about <laughs> yeah about, and so I need to send somebody I trust to like hey go find out like what are the important places about this religion that I yeah. just <laughs> converted to uh, well and, and you, you remember he became well he was emperor 
of the Roman Empire, again, what's left of it, that has a huge tradition of the emperor being a god and mm. building holy shrines all over the Roman Empire. So right. wherever the Roman army was successful in conquering an area, immediately temples were built. Right. So now Constantine is saying, well, okay, I can't do the temples to the fake guys anymore. So I better find out what temples I should build for the true guy. Right. Um, you know, not even knowing the vocabulary to use. And so that's how the Jerusalem and the surrounding areas became a pilgrimage location for Christians to this day. Right. Because like you said, Constantine said, I, you know, how do I make this Romanish? <laughs> and it was building temples, though, of course, we call them churches. Right. And, and instead of to different gods, they were to different events. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that makes a little bit more sense. That's, that's kind of interesting though, that it's, it's, that's, um, events were were a little bit more of a driving factor, but that's just I don't know. I find that interesting. I find it very interesting. And that long ago, just to continue this, well, it's not tangent. You ask that long ago is when Christian tourism began. Mm. Because as soon as as soon as those locations were decided upon, mostly again by Constantine's mom, uh, became popular for Christians from all over the empire to come to Jerusalem to pray at those locations and to buy their souvenirs and to interesting. So it kind of created a pilgrimage uh, industry. Not kind of thoroughly. Thoroughly. (laughs) Yeah. And it's fascinating to read the history of that and how things went awry at different times and on and on. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Boy, we could do a whole, a whole thing on that for sure. Um, uh, well, let's continue uh, the tradition here, actually. Uh, our next entry comes from 1252. We see the dedication of the cathedral in Ely, England. Uh, King Henry VIII and Prince Edward are present uh, for, for the dedication of a new cathedral. So consecration of a church uh, a thousand years prior. Yeah. Dedication of the cathedral in Ely um, after that. And by um, this point, the use of cathedrals was as much a political act as a religious act. So right, it was part of Henry VIII establishing his authority. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, then as far as uh, entries go, we take a, a fierce uh, swerving uh, uh, in 1485. Assassination of the Fierce Inquisitor. Uh, look, I got the word fierce from there. Uh, assassination <laughs> of the Fierce Inquisitor Peter uh, uh, Arbues uh, at Ar- uh, Sarasoga. Uh, Spain, he is struck from behind while at prayer in the cathedral. Later, the church will declare him a saint. But a uh, one, <laughs> one of the inquisitors, the like a grand inquisitor, uh, uh, is murdered <laughs> at the church uh, while while praying. Um, and no, and I'm sure hardly anyone's ever asked why was he killed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not not a curiosity uh, uh, th- that I had to stretch my imagination uh, very right. far for. Because uh, yeah, he's one of the meanest Christians ever. Uh, uh, the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, if you don't know much mm-hmm. about it, uh, horrible. <laughs> Look it up. Uh, it, it, it was a, a very dark time in the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, okay, another um, fun fact. 
it also unintentionally promoted the movement of Spaniards from Spain to the New World, quote unquote, New World, sure. um, to the wide ranging areas of the Spanish Empire because it was physically safer for people who thought either they might be identified as bad Catholics mm. or identified as Jews. And either one of those could be a death sentence. So it, it led to all sorts of very early uh, synagogues being built in Central and South America. Yep. Yeah, uh, mixed feelings about the colonizers, not going to lie. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and then, and then uh, I, I suppose uh, the story continues with uh, some of the Inquisition mindset maybe chasing some of those people to the new world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, logistics were tough. So it, it wasn't easy for the Inquisition to translate across the ocean, so to speak. Some did, but gotcha. it, for the most part, it was an effective strategy. Mm, interesting. Um, 1525, Valentin Crotwald uh, receives in a vision. Wow, this this guy is very German. Uh, in a vision of this, the Schwenkterfeld view, is that right? Schwenkter, Schwenkfelder. There we go. I'm not good at pronouncing German. Uh, the the Schwenkfelder view of the Eucharist, uh, uh, which is quote unquote spiritual grain, eaten by faith, grows that grows in a believer, transforming him or her toward the full image of God, the person of Christ. I have never heard that. I haven't. Before. It, not even close. Um, uh, clearly, uh, um, um, uh, clearly uh, built off a, a lot of the uh, grain and seed related stories in the Gospels, uh, uh, yeah. as, as one can tell. Uh, but I have never heard of the Sch Schwenkfelder view. <laughs> Uh, which does sound, I, I have to admit, I, I feel awkward, even like uncomfortable saying like, what, what, what German word am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> the, the Schwenkfelder. Uh, uh, if that means something else, uh, please forgive my ignorance. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so that's a. That's an interesting uh, uh, tidbit that I uh, that of which I have no insight on whatsoever. That's my brand new. my bet. My bet is that he was um, part of, or maybe a, 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 a forerunner of the Anabaptist movement. Oh, that would that, be okay. That basic what now often is called just the spiritual communion um, view, where. Nothing actually happens to the bread and wine when it's prayed over, but by consuming it, we're opening ourselves to God and letting God grow within us. Hmm. Yep, that makes sense. That, 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 yeah. would, that would make some sense then. So, And he better um, not go to Spain with that perspective. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'll beat that Schwenkfelder uh, mindset right out of you. That's um, right. Uh, we, we, there are a ton of entries that I'm just now realizing. So I'm going to run, try to run through them. Uh, there's, there's still a whole bunch here from the 1500s. 1564, Don Gaspar Centelles of Valencia, a gentleman of birth and culture, um, is burned to death, uh, having refused to recognize the Roman church and Pope as the church of God. So we have a martyr. Uh, 1575, the death, uh, I believe. Wait, natural. where, where was, where was that guy burned to death? I mean, what country? Uh, it it does not 
say. Okay. Then it does. It does fall under the category for the authority of the date comes from the a book called The History of the Inquisition of Spain. So I'm assuming oh, that's it. It's a callback. Yep, it's a callback. <laughs> Only a few years later, so I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, 1575. Uh, what seems from the entry to be a natural death and passing of Swiss reformer Henrik Bullwinger. He had succeeded uh, Zwillingi at Zurich. And because uh-huh. of the hospitality he extended to English exiles, had gained influence with the English Puritans. Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the, you know, why did the Puritans suddenly show up in North America? It was because they had gotten a taste of what it would be like to be free in parts of Europe and uh, were, were not experiencing that in England, so they left. Hmm. Okay. Uh, 1581, Domingo Salazar, first bishop of the Philippines, and his Jesuit companions reached Manila, having wa- walked over land the last two months because winds were unfavorable for sailing. Uh, so, um, kind of explorers as well. Yeah. Uh, kind of kind of a Lewis and Clark journey. Uh, uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, 1595, after extracting as many concessions as possible, Pope Clement VIII grants absolution to Henry IV of France, formerly a Protestant, so that he will be able to rule France. Um, (laughs) Again, politics and religion mixing. Yep, Yep, absolutely. Uh, We have, uh, man, so many. Uh, 1621, death in Rome of Cardinal Robert Bellarmine, Probably. Uh, celebrated Jesuit defender of Roman Catholic teaching against Protestant theologies. He had also delivered the uh, admo- admonition uh, to Galileo to no longer teach the heliocentric theory. Right. That the, heliocentric the, meaning? Everything revolve that the planets revolve around the sun. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it involved in that way. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, they made him say, oh, no, I was wrong. Of course, I was wrong. We were... are the center of the universe. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that won't be proven. Wink, um, wink. <laughs> Air although, quotes. <laughs> although we, uh, we, we, we still, uh, I suppose we still uh, have, uh, there are still people who have trouble with the heliocentric theory. <laughs> Unfortunately, a growing number. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, 1644, and then there's a notation old calendar uh, so i'm not entirely yep. sure um uh then what that exactly that means but english authorities hang a jesuit priest ralph corby or corbington in london for adhering to his faith good on you english authorities uh you jerks uh <laughs> <laughs> um 1683 we see the death uh, uh seemingly uh, natural of john uh, Campaneus, Lutheran missionary to the Indians, uh, and so I'm not sure if that's uh, North American right. Indians or I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know. I have to admit, I don't know either. By 1683, it could have been either. Could, could, so I'm not right. sure. Um, Lutheran missionary though is probably North America. No, not necessarily. Cause... No. I mean, Lutheranism was born in Germany, so it spread in lots of directions. Okay. Uh, 1717, the first synod of Presbyterian Church in America of the Presbyterian Church in America meets in Philadelphia. Uh, what year again? Uh, 1717. 
Okay, pre-revolution. Okay, and and I do apologize for going so fast. There's just so many, and they're not they're not just like you know small weird, things. Yeah, small things. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, 1792 consecration of Thomas John Claggett at Trinity Church, New York City, by bishops Samuel Seabury, William Yay. White, Samuel Yay. Provost. And James Madison. He is the first Episcopal bishop consecrated in America. The others yeah. having uh, or uh, obtained consecration in England or Scotland. So uh, an yep. Episcopal entry there. And, and that church is still there. It's still there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1804. Uh, Santa Inez Mission is founded in California. Working here, Father, Father Arroyo will prepare a grammar of the language of the Indians of the San Juan region. So a little, uh, um, a little California yeah, was, entry for you there, Bruce. I appreciate. I've been there, and it is nice that he did some cultural preservation work. Yeah. Uh, since, often, since often the missionaries did the opposite <laughs> that's true that's very true uh 1833 upon her release from prison a woman walks several miles uh to ask pastor theodore fledner for help and is given a small outbuilding as a temporary shelter inaugurating what will become the kaiserworth institutions which i you got me i have no idea what that I, is it's, it sounds familiar uh, uh, it sounds familiar to me. Uh, so I have heard Kaiserworth, uh, before, before, and I, um, anyways, I, I'm not, I don't have enough info, but, uh, only three more, only three more here. Uh, 1913 International Union of Gospel Missions or the IUGM is founded uniting a cooperation, many groups, uh, uh in, in cooperation, sorry, uniting in cooperation, many groups, which are operating rescue missions, uh, so, uh, and I believe they're still around, uh, the IUGM. I um, don't know if they're still around, but it's good when people can cooperate in helping the poor. I, I believe they've renamed, uh, hold, hold please real quick. Cause I actually feel like I'm familiar with this. Um, nope. Can't find it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to waste that much time. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's renamed, but I but I, I believe that that essentially that group is still around. Uh, 1942, Rome, uh, Romanian authorities sentenced Vyosu Rusin to 25 years of forced labor for refusing to abandon his Pentecostal faith. So we get a Pentecostal entry today. So that's fun. What what year was that? 1942. Yeah, that was very the, the Pentecostal modern Pentecostal movement basically started in the 1920s. So that was pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then lastly, but not leastly, uh, the 1959 entry is groundbreaking ceremony for the Adventist College of West Africa in Nigeria that will train thousands of Africans and later become Babcock University. And I okay. have heard of them before. Yeah, uh, and the, the Adventist movement, Seventh-day Adventist movement, has, from its roots, been, which is very recent, uh, in the 1900s, has been very concerned and focused on healthcare, and mm. so have some of the, some of the best research hospital hospitals in the world, including in the United States. Very cool. Yeah, very very cool. Uh, they were they were the first to transplant a baboon heart into a human being. Oh yeah to, yeah yeah yeah. I remember. Yeah. Okay. In, yeah, in yeah. Loma Linda, California, to try to prolong the life of a, a man whose heart was completely failing. Right. 
and kind of and it kind of worked i was gonna say semi-successful uh i believe yeah. it, it it wasn't it didn't like cure him or anything but no uh, but it, i believe he, he lived would. a lot longer than anyone thought he would and at the time he lived longer than a machine could have kept him alive right yeah i, I felt like it was like another year Maybe i'm not two. sure i don't want to uh, guess I, I remember that story though um and in and in the meantime the machines have passed the baboons in terms of yes usability so that's yeah. why you don't hear about such attempts too much anymore right uh, well, this day in church history was packed, uh, and we're we're Took already some time. We are already halfway through our episode. Have so. a good week, everyone. Right. So, uh, so, See so you let's, Sunday. Let's, let's do the uh, let's let's just hurry through the books. Yes. Of, you know the entries for the for the Bible uh, because uh, who cares, right? No. Uh, uh, no. So, but let's move forward so that we can uh, tackle these as much as we uh, possibly can. And apologies for for having so much robust church history this uh, th this day. Um, uh, our first uh, reading it comes from Genesis, uh, so we're not hearing from a prophet this week. Uh, so uh, a little bit of a change up. More of a uh, historic account. Yeah, yeah. Genesis chapter fifty, verse fifteen through twenty one. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brother said, what if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph saying, your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong that they did in harming you. Now, therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him and said, we are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. Am I in, pl in the place of God? Even though you intended to do me harm, God intended it for good in order to preserve a numerous people as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. Um, so uh, the story uh, of, of uh, Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, uh, but this is this is the t the tail end of uh, uh, Joseph's uh, story about being yeah. sold into slavery, rise to prominence in Egypt, saving of his family, um, and the fun Af little after saving Egypt. Yeah, after saving Egypt, uh, and his fun little uh, uh, deception project uh, with his brothers. Um, uh, this is like the tail end of that story. Um, and the tail end of the book of Genesis. Right. Yeah. This is, I, I, I believe it does end in 50 or does it go to 51? It ends in 50. There's, okay. um, it ends with what verse number I'm looking 26. So there's just a handful of verses that okay. describe the, the death of Joseph. Right. Um, I am particularly, I, for, for, uh, I feel like a number of us know this, this story pretty well. Um, I am particularly struck this time around uh, by still what dirtbags his brothers are. <laughs> yeah. I course. mean, it, 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 you kind of gloss over it because they have this like it like or at least I did before I, I forgot about this, the, the way that this is worded. But, uh, um, you know, you, you have it in your head, this memory of like a, a, a reuniting of the family, a saving of them from tragedy uh all is forgiven kind of situation it his brothers lie to him <laughs> again 
Like, yeah. they, they deceive him again and are like, uh, Dad said, don't be mad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the implication with the way that this is written is that it's not true. He didn't say that. <laughs> right. Yeah, in fact, Joseph and his and his dad have a very nice uh, conversation. So, yeah, uh, the brothers what, don't realize they talk to each other. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, these guys suck. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, just ah, uh, I just want to slap them. Uh, anyways, uh, so uh, that was uh, <laughs> well. That and, really and that, puts a tarnish on this beautiful end of the story. Uh, well, and for me. one of the reasons that Genesis, uh, Book of Genesis, even though it, it feels old fashioned in so many ways, the thing to, to really notice about it is that it is so accurate about human nature. Yeah. That it's, uh, it, you know, we, we can find ourselves in this. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I uh, uh, <laughs> it just made me think of uh, an old uh, or, or a joke that I've heard before, which is like, you got to stick with your lie. <laughs> <laughs> just stick with your lie. Just, just, just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Um, but uh, uh, man, uh, really, really unhappy in this moment. Uh, anyways, uh, the, uh, the other thing about, uh, um, uh, about this uh, passage that I'm a little, uh, admittedly, uh, personally, a little leery about this. I, it's this story strikes me as uh, very useful for uh, the traditional um, everything happens for a reason kind of mentality, um, which I'm personally leery of, like the the, the whole right. God's plan kind of a, kind of a thing. Uh, um. Uh, uh, but uh, it, it, it is it is one of those uh, one of those stories that I think is is uh, useful if that if that is your 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 mentality like this is kind of like a see this is you know this this happens this is uh, God this was clearly God's plan uh, because the story is really written like that like you know God well in this no, story look, God did have a plan it, it, essentially let's look a little more closely shall we. I, yes, please, because my memory uh, of it was that like God even has a conversation with uh, Joseph, but maybe I'm making that up. Of like what you know, oh, they talk all the time. Okay, I was gonna say like I, I, I m the memory I have is of God saying like this is the reason why, you know, this is the reason why I brought you here. So it, it really does, um, or at least again in my memory, that's it really does uh, seem to fall in line with like yeah part of part of a plan uh um an overall plan well that's why you know, it's so hard to read the bible with new eyes because you had that narrative already in your head of this mm -hmm. could be used to justify god's working you know god's power is always going to be exhibited because in, if we look at if we look at verse 20 carefully um it says even though you intended to do harm to me so the the evil brothers started all this right it doesn't say god get, put it in your heart to do harm to me so that mm. but in, instead God worked with what the human race gave him. Okay, got these idiot evil brothers. Um, 
as with all human life, to continue reading, God intended it for good um, and preserve, to preserve a numerous people as mm -hmm. he is doing today. So it's like, okay, I got God's, I got to deal with these idiot brothers who think doing this is going to solve their problems. Um, okay, here's a way I can use it for good. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I'll um, have Joseph form, you know, I'll, I'll invite Joseph to form these tight relationships within Egypt and Joseph uh, cooperates with that. And now the gears can be turning to have things turn to good, but gotcha. it wasn't God telling the dumb evil brothers to do evil. It was instead, okay, that started to happen. I'll work with it. Gotcha. Okay, so this is more of a uh, uh, the way the, the way that you read this is this is more of a uh, when life gives you lemons uh, with your you know with your God you can make lemonade. Yeah. Okay. To yeah. really simplify it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, uh, I'm big dumb, uh, so simplification yeah, no, is not. important but... <laughs> uh, uh, in 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 my everyday spiritual life. <laughs> Well, the, the big thing I want, I, I just want to emphasize is the active um, instigator here are, is the evil of the brothers and God can still turn it to good through the cooperation of Joseph. Gotcha. So unlike the story of, uh, uh, well, no, you know what? Even, even then I was going to say, unlike the story of Job, but it's not like, uh, uh, in that story, God is the one who's like, I'm going to test him. He's like, right. He, right. he allows something else to happen. Like, yeah. I, and actually it doesn't even in, in a way in that story doesn't even really allow it. He's no. it's, it's, it's more of a, I mean, you do you, man. I mean, you... <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, it, it, like, I don't think yeah. it's going to matter, but it, you're going to do what you want. So if you want to test this man by, uh, by, by befalling all these things against him, uh, let's, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, you know, whether or not you're right. Yeah. Um, anything more about this story? Well, knowing our time restraints, I'll say no. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, definitely one of those stories that's worth going back over okay i gotta say one thing <laughs> in its entirety but yes go ahead um one of the things it doesn't say that says in the verses that we leave out for the end of genesis is that joseph when he dies um is embalmed which is not a jewish practice yeah that's an, an egyptian, egyptian practice egyptian practice but that allows his remains to be taken to the promised land when um, oh. the Israelites arrive there, um, freed from Pharaoh years later. And so to this day, one of the um, holy sites um, in the neighborhood of Jerusalem is Joseph's tomb. Interesting. So sometimes I just like to point out because Christians might think, oh, that's the stepfather of Jesus. No, 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 no. Different Joseph, much older. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the other thing, though, that that tells me, which is interesting, is that um, that is a mixture of practices. Right. Which in general, uh, throughout the, the test of time, uh, has generally been uh, uh, looked upon unfavorably. Uh, exactly. 
by by most communities, whether that's a cultural mixing of practice, uh, spiritual, religious, uh, uh, we, we kind of like poo poo that. But it, again, it's one of those look at the, you know, what what a nice uh, um end result uh just within that story that you just told which is uh normally it it had had they adhered to uh jewish practice uh like he would have that that would have been it he would have been buried somewhere there yeah um and his remains would have been there uh but uh kind of a nice uh end to his story to for his remains to be carried into the promised land and to reside there um and, and obviously not, heavily symbolic. Yeah, heavily symbolic. Um, but uh, but still, uh, like I said, uh, like that's kind of a kind of a neat thing. Uh, yeah. As a, as a result of like, hey, this is, and obviously it being Egyptian, uh, um, maybe not by birth, but by 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 experience, is a heavy part of who Joseph uh, was, and, and is and, essential and that, to the story. It's essential to the story. It's essential for the survival of the Jewish people um, because they didn't starve to death and during that era. And it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's a tribute right within the first book of the Bible to multiculturalism. Multiculturalism. Yeah. Right, which we think would be, it, it, the, the Bible would be exclusionary to uh, yeah. considering it, you know, the, the, the the uh the, the deity the, the singular deity mentality uh, mm-hmm. uh which is uh, is a strong part of uh the old testament in particular of of the, the idea well, yeah. of of mono uh mono deity uh, uh in a region where uh that is not <laughs> that that is a unique uh, yeah. uh setup uh so um it is it is interesting to show that that yeah that that aspect is um celebrated right so that's that's interesting all right all right all right so apologies uh moving on to our psalm uh let us pray this psalm together is 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 it all 13 verses is like that the whole thing or is it longer? Uh, one, uh, psalm 103 oh does it end there i haven't i don't know yet i'll tell you in a moment uh, Psalm 103, there's an optional uh, verse 1 through 7. Uh, uh, we're going to do uh, 1 through 13. Uh, so we're going to do the, the, the full allotted reading here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is written within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit? who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always accuse, uh, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. As a father, his compassion for his children, so the Lord has compassion for those who fear him. Uh, 
what do we know about Psalm 103? Do, do we have any uh, historical context? Well, the you know, as you can, this one is clearly very poetic, both in its structure and its vocabulary. Re repeating the phrase "Bless the Lord," right, um, and it has callbacks. <clears throat> sorry, using that term a lot this morning. Uh, to place it to verses in Exodus, so we know it's newer than Exodus. Uh, which isn't that old. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it certainly is a grand, grand liturgical psalm, and in both Judaism and Christianity has been used in that way over and over. Okay, uh, yeah. And the theology of it is relatively modern, which also tells us that it's um, probably from the, the newer set of psalms with within the book of psalms within that hymnal okay yeah um i'm curious as to the phrasing in line five or in verse five uh i'm i'm not my mind doesn't think of uh an eagle um when like just the phrase your youth is renewed like the eagles i'm, I'm is it, am i missing something culturally um you need to get outside more <laughs> <laughs> is it is it just like the the the, the eagle is you know uh, represents youth and vitality or something like that or like what's the i don't know well it's vitality strength um um, um it can fly <laughs> no, well that's true <laughs> and so yeah it it's it's always i shouldn't say always it's so often has been in across cultures the example of this is just too amazing to comprehend that a creature can live like an eagle and gotcha you know, soar within huge heights and um we don't even sometimes don't even know where it ends up uh that's true that's true yeah you know so it's kind of kind of mysterious interesting okay yeah um and i'm just looking at it's the Hebrew, um, it's an image that's used a lot. Well, it's used four other times in the more recent parts of the Hebrew scriptures. Mm. Uh, and each time comparing whatever the um, humans are up to or, you know, a promise to the humans of having lives like eagles or a experience like an eagle. Gotcha. 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 Uh, yeah. I love the imagery that the psalm has um, <clears throat> at the tail end of it, um, uh, because I mean, while we um, while we have uh, a little bit more wider uh, of an understanding of some of the the imagery that's used here, um, or more accurate understanding uh, for when this is written, it, these are these are inconceivable uh, descriptions. Like for as high for as the heavens are high above the earth, 
So great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he removes our transgressions from us. So uh, and again, another one of those those things that uh, as modern readers, I feel like we're like, oh, that's nice. And <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. For for uh, the people of the time, it's like that. I can't even. My brain hurt when you said that. You know what I mean? Like it. Like I can't even begin to understand that distance. Like how how much love you're talking about, or how far away um, um, our transgressions are removed. Like that's you're you're talking in terms that I can. You know, my puny little brain can't understand. <laughs> uh that that's that's the kind of uh of thing that we're talking about in 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 this psalm nope no <laughs> okay semi semi no oh, okay uh one of the things to keep in mind with the book of psalms is that these are the greatest hits of okay. worship so mm-hmm. for it to reach the greatest hits book people had to like it and be comfortable with it okay so you're you're right about the beauty of this theology of God's forgiveness and everlasting infinite love, but for it to be written down in a hymn that was used widely and known wi- widely means that people were comfortable with it. Oh, okay. Okay. So that it's gotten past the wait a minute, the, none of the other gods talk about this. To the yeah, this this is what the one true God is really like. Okay. Uh, okay. And it's kind of too bad it, that I know they had to stop at some point. Here we stop at thirteen. Not bad, the verse. The but fourteen is for God knows how we were made. God remembers that we are dust. Mm. I, I to me that's extremely meaningful, and not just because I have deep experience with the. Uh, Ash Wednesday services sure. and that reminder, but you know, it's another way of saying God knows that we're pretty idiotic sometimes. <laughs> I don't like to think about that though. <laughs> right. It, and that's why I think it's too bad. It wasn't put in there. Um, that, that the, the, one of the ways it's easy, not easy, but one of the ways God, one of the reasons God chooses to be so merciful and loving is keeping in perspective what we are capable of, both mm-hmm. good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's a it's a pretty sophisticated theology, and yeah. lots of nuance. And if you read the rest of uh, Psalm 13, it goes into that deeper. So it's this is an advanced course in monotheism mm-hmm. and the true nature of God, which goes beyond humanity. goes goes beyond. Um, the father who has compassion for those who honor him it says fear mm-hmm. and that's a terrible translation but <laughs> what can you do you can uh point it out on a podcast um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> consider it done <laughs> there you go there you go yeah i uh as you as you spoke uh i don't like to think about uh how god might be a listener uh to this podcast um uh that makes me highly uncomfortable <laughs> No, but yeah, he does know. He does know. Uh, and just, uh, just to be clear, the better term is reverent. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> no reason not to use that, but 
Puritans loved fearing, and there was that political pressure to translate the Bible with a bunch of fear stuff to try to keep the Puritans and the Church of England fold. Didn't work, and we're still stuck with fear. <laughs> love, lo we love our fear. We love yeah. it. Um, uh, I don't know. Quite a lot of religion is based off of that. So, <laughs> yep. it's a, it, and it seems, objectively, and, it seems like an, a, an effective tool. <laughs> Yeah, for that and selling antiperspirant, but I'm not <laughs> not going to live my life by it. Antiperspirant <laughs> uh, comparison uh, to religion. There you go. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, anything more about the psalm before we move on? Nope, we should move on. Okay, Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began rec the reckoning, one who told him 10,000 talents was brought to him. One, sorry, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And when they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place, then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in, in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So many heavenly, so my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Um, this has a little bit more of a fire and brimstone side to, to it than I anticipated when I first started reading it. Yeah. Um, what say you about this? <laughs> um, first of all, this, only Matthew has the parable portion. Okay. And um, um, Luke has Peter's question and Jesus's response about um, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Yeah. So... You know, in, in in grading validity, the Jesus quote, very good chance it was widely known and respected through Christianity from its earliest times. The Matthew unique piece about um, the pay what you owe and you wicked servant and all that stuff, uh -huh. part of part of Matthew only. So it's frankly easier to take it with a grain of salt um if it's if it helps you out go with it <laughs> um i like i like how your your answer is like yeah you can ignore it <laughs> and yes you can ignore it the the key thing is the forgiving part 
um, which is the, the supposed to be the teaching out of this parable. But yeah. unfortunately, again, fear sells. So it's often used as a, yeah, God's going to get you. Right. Um, rather than, so you really, you know, rather than saying, you really need to forgive an infinite amount. Um, right. Yeah. That's, but then, yeah. Cause but as we're, the, oh, go ahead. but the special effects sell better. And so <laughs> the sermons in more conservative churches in the Episcopal church tend to emphasize that, yeah, you're man, you're going to suffer. Yeah. It, it, it's a, there's a level of discomfort, uh, with the way that this one ends, uh, that, that, uh, definitely bothers me i'm not gonna lie because you know as you read along you're like okay i can see where this is going right because especially with the 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 preface that uh of peter's question and knowing last week when we talk about um there's kind of like this this uh last week's reading uh gospel reading was about you know um how to settle conflict right Um, so you're going along with the story and you're like, okay, like midway through when there's the turn and the, the, the forgiven slave doesn't for, forgive someone else, you can kind of understand where you, know, you, the, you know, where this story is probably going. There's a level of expectation. So with it being a parable, uh, I suppose that there should be an anticipated twist. Um, uh, but the way it ends is is like uh, kind of dark. It is 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 dark in a very uncomfortable way because you're, you know, naturally the Lord should be mad, uh, and naturally He should, you know, punish uh, uh, that person in some way, shape, or form. He shouldn't be able to keep his uh, uh, his forgiveness, his debt forgiveness, or or you know, with with impunity. Uh, so there's a there's like an expectation of some sort of retribution, but the fact that he hands them over uh, to be tortured until he pays his entire yeah. debt, um, uh, so my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you. <laughs> He's gonna God is gonna hand you over to torture. Um, so it actually, I actually wonder if the word tortured has any implication and if we've translated this differently because the lord does it like the way that it's phrased your first reading through is like oh the lord in this parable is the one conducting or overseeing the torture but i suppose that's not technically what it says um it perhaps there's an implication of like he's going to allow um, he, he reinstates the debt and the uh, once forgiven slave is 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 tortured by it or that outside sources are allowed to torture him uh, you know you could even see uh, like a, an ending of this parable where like and I'm going to let those other slaves who came to me and complained about you do whatever they want <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you don't have protection. Uh, uh, all of those, like, iterations of this parable would make a little bit more sense for the, uh, the the mentality that the gospel writings have about the loving and ever-forgiving Heavenly Father uh, uh, as opposed to 
the one that seems to be uh, uh, put forward here, which is God's going to torture you. <laughs> well, it's I'm glad you asked this because looking at the Greek, um, how the word used to be translated commonly was jailers. Oh. And at some point, New Revised Standard, I, I don't have a bunch of Bible trans, English translations in front of me at the moment, um, but at some point they decided to shift it over to using the meaning that's one who tortures. So we fabricated this. I think so, yeah. Interesting. Um, I mean, We're the it worst. Is... <laughs> world because it, it that is a like in my mind that is a drastic change of meaning yeah handing was... you over to the jailers because you can't pay your debt and that, that therefore uh, he basically like reinstituted his debt and that was that's the end of the story right like if you don't forgive then forgiveness will not find you that's, yeah, that's the point. But well, I, I, I'm going to blame the Puritans. <laughs> I, I, I found within my Greek Greek uh, Bible that King James version was the first to translate it as tormentors. Um, other translations, including the international, uh, use jailers. And so there wasn't there there has not been a strong consensus that has to be torturers yeah no uh, uh put and, my oh, personal and, opinion in the camp of not torturers uh right like and this geez. is the only place it appears anywhere in the bible that word interesting but it but it does have context in other greek writings yeah that's the advantage of greek is that the greek um yeah, we can find there's so many Greek documents that survive from from the old Greek. Interesting. Um, <laughs> that is very interesting. I know that we've had this reading uh, once before in our uh, cycle as the podcast, uh, so I think it's important to maybe hit on uh, the, the the important items that we've discussed. Uh, when would that have been? Three years ago. Um, uh, Seven, uh, the, the reference to seven being a holy number. Right. So 77 times is like a uber holy number. Right. Uh, uh, kind, of, kind of a thing. Uh, not a, it, it's not an exact instruction. Um, it's just more of a always, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. always with, with, with a, a spiritual purity in your heart. You know, like that, that kind of a mentality. Well, um, yeah, th th there's no end to it. Right. No end. Um, uh, so, so, so in other words, Jesus saying your question's kind of dumb, Peter, your, 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 your question implies a limit and there is not. Um, um, but, uh, but in that era of, of world thought, Greek philosophy, Roman the theology, which sucked. Um, <laughs> and even within Judaism, there are huge discussions about how many times do you have to forgive someone something? 
and yeah. most most came up with a finite number of you know, three times or seven right. times. But when they started to say seven, and that was a lot of people knew, okay, that that means it has to be a holy process that's unending. And so when Jesus comes out with his phrasing, it's like, yeah, that's a infinite times, uh, seventy yeah. times seven. But it was not an unusual thing to ask a spiritual teacher. Mm, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, the other thing. And that, then the parable ahead. violates it. Yes. Yes, it does. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I think the other thing that we that we should definitely point out is that, that colors the context of the story is the amount of debt that the central uh, character uh, to the parable owed 10,000 talents was an astronomical yeah. debt. Like just no good reason why anyone could or would accumulate such a debt. Right. Uh, it, it was, it was an unthinkable uh, that someone would have, that would be like sitting there saying like, Hey, I heard John filed bankruptcy yesterday uh, because he owes four thousand quadrillion dollars right <laughs> what what ha, that's impossible that's crazy um and then the flip side of that is the um the slave that therefore owed him uh a debt was a hundred denarii which was a pittance like yeah practically nothing would have been easy to forgive like dude i don't even need that like uh, uh even <laughs> even as a broke individual you keep your hundred denarii it's fine um uh so it should have been a very easy hurdle for him to forgive but he has this violent reaction towards the person who owes him money uh and puts him into prison uh uh, uh to pay the debt so so uh, debtor's jail uh, which we have outlawed in the United States-ish uh, uh, for the most part, um, but was was a thing for a long, long time. If you couldn't afford to pay your debts, you would. Right. Jail. Yeah, or move to Australia, which people saw. <laughs> well, move. You say the word move. <laughs> you get moved. Yes. <laughs> Someone else decided to move you. Um but uh, but yeah, so just to just to point out those, I, I'm really I'm really actually kind of angry about the uh, the translation issue. So I'm going to try to I'm not I'm not going to harp on it too much longer. But uh, uh, shame on us. Well, yeah, and and I I, I googled and <laughs> the talent is about is considered to be about um, twenty years of uh, laborers' wages. Holy crap. And a denarii is one day wages. Gotcha. So yeah, gotcha. you just to reinforce what you're saying is completely different amounts. Right. Right. And especially for an individual who just had all their debt forgiven. Yeah. Like they're debt free. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, uh, definitely does not. Uh, does not compute and uh given the i'm gonna go ahead and say it correct translation of the end of the story it makes a lot of sense yeah it makes a lot of sense like if you're going to live and die by this system you're gonna live and die by the system and other people were, are gonna hold you to the same standards that you hold them and that's the point of um well, in, in a way that's well i shouldn't say that's the point but that's the, that's the earthly point of it <laughs> Yeah. And uh, then um, 
then then the uh, the the spiritual point of it is uh, that you know, hey, look, I, I God's going to hold it against you if you don't forgive the rest. You know, other people who represent God's creation, like that's you know that's that's not okay. Like, well, you know. it's well, go ahead. It's not as clear as that. Okay. Because you're doing what what we all do, which is trying to make a parable an analogy. That's true. That's true. And you're not wrong. I did. I did. I just did. So we're we're not supposed to say that the the rich guy is God. It's instead mm. looking at how humans work and how God is so much better than that. That I mean, that's how we're supposed to read this story. So um the the tag on moral of the story is is really unlikely to be from jesus where it says so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you um that's that's not how jesus usually speaks when giving a teaching right because it does he doesn't have the tendency does that makes to... that does make it an analogy right it does okay so see it wasn't my fault i was misled twice <laughs> by jesus <laughs> no by 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 authors and translators yes yes um and the, yeah and matthew's collection that he's trying to put together hmm. i mean there are worse things to do than say yeah if you don't forgive you're going to be in big trouble and so it's right this is this isn't like it's hey racism's okay but <laughs> right uh, <laughs> um but it can draw us into a unhealthy relationship with God of trying to appease the unforgiveness when in fact God will forgive us an infinite number of times as Jesus talks about we should do. Yes, exactly. Uh, anything more before we call an end to this one? Yes. Okay. It also does not say that the Lord of these people forgave the date the debt of the servant with the smaller debt oh interesting no, he, he sends off to jail the guy who had the huge debt and doesn't turn around and say oh yeah and that guy he's off the hook <laughs> yeah no he it doesn't he, the, so that guy's also in jail yeah which might which might uh i don't know might might imply uh uh maybe a meetup <laughs> hey buddy you know pounding a fist together it's good to see what? you again <laughs> can't help um, but notice you're so stuck that... in this prison cell with me interesting that, i'm just saying it to say that's again a proof that this is not an analogy gotcha 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 very good well yeah. uh with that, I think we will call to a close this year podcast for September 17th, 2023, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost in year A, uh, a, a very historic, historically rich uh, uh, episode. Um, so apologies for going uh, over what we traditionally do. Uh, Thank but, you for uh, everyone who kept listening to this point. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and for those of you who did, a hundred dollar price. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> We're, denarii's we're, all around <laughs> denarii's all the way around uh uh no we're poor we have no money uh for this podcast so unfortunately we can't uh you get you receive a blessing 
Blessings yes. to you. Um, and, uh, n- and no ads. And no ads. A- yes. <laughs> now and forever, ad free. Um, uh, but uh, we encourage you to join us in worship, uh, uh, however it works for your, you and your schedule, for you and your family. Uh, uh, 8 o'clock and 10 o'clock on Sunday in person. 10 o'clock service will be broadcast on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. Uh, and until next week, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.